Hey guys, so for today's episode, I've got something really special for you. It is actually the live coaching call we did inside the Root Cause program with Courtney as part of our monthly uh, macros and exercise coaching call. So it was awesome to have Courtney in there. She's an incredible PT. She's got an amazing health story journey um, and her focus now is really helping women and supporting them to maintain their body aesthetic goals but also to maintain health so i hope you enjoyed this one it was a live episode so in the sense that it was a live workshop and there's questions throughout it but i think it was a really interesting recording and i think these guys are really going to enjoy it because there's a lot of good snippets in there and i feel like you'll learn a lot from it so please enjoy that uh, but before we jump into this episode i just want to let you use know about one of my favorite plant protein powders so it is the switch nutrition one so it's their switch protein they call it and it is an organic sprouted plant protein so we all know the importance of getting adequate protein in our diet whether that is because you're training really hard and you've got certain macros that you're trying to hit or whether it's just on a day-to-day basis where you're trying to get that 100 to 120 grams of protein to support your hormonal balance and your blood sugar levels. Now, I love this one because it's actually a blend of something really different. So it's got the pumpkin seed protein in it, the watermelon seed protein, the hemp seed protein, and fermented organic pea protein. It also has digestive enzymes, which are just going to help the digestion of protein, carbs, and fats as well. So have a squeeze at this one. Uh, The link will be in the show notes, or you can use the code SHEZ at checkout to get a discount on it. But I do feel like this is a really nice blend that's quite easy on digestion. Uh, And because it doesn't have the rice in it, like the uh, sprouted rice protein doesn't get that same gritty taste. So it is a really yum one. Uh, There's generally really good digestive outcomes from this one as well will help keep you fuller for longer so enjoy let me know how you go with it i hope you love today's episode and please reach out with any questions hello and welcome to the empowered hormone podcast where we pull apart all those taboo topics periods parasites poos hormones and more let's question everything you've been taught about your body I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain, and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Sweet, cool. All right. So for those of you who don't know Courtney, she runs her own business, which we're going to chat about today um, and has had quite an interesting health journey. We met a couple years ago now, I would say, which actually I feel like I've almost been at the start of some of your health stuff or when you're just starting to look into it maybe. Yeah, because it would have been 2020, so the year I competed. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, and I just feel like since then so much has changed in your life in what, like the last three years as well, probably your focus on health and then what you're doing career wise and study wise and all those bits and pieces. So for those who don't know you, who are you and what do you do? So my name is Courtney Cheatham and I am a personal trainer and online coach and I run transform with court. So 
For me personally, like, yes, people just think, you know, PT is just training people in the gym. But for me, it's empowering women to feel their best, like mentally and physically and have the tools to literally just take control and transform their life. So training for enjoyment, eating for nourishment, just setting healthy boundaries and basically sustaining a really, sorry, and learning how to take control and have a sustainable routine that's just most suitable for them. So like aesthetics play a part, yes, but when you actually feel like just feel so connected to yourself, that's a whole different ball game. Totally. And for you personally, like where did this all start? So you studied PT years ago. What were you doing before that? And how did you sort of get to where you are today? So, well, so basically like the start of my health and fitness journey. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. I actually started in the gym when I was 15. Really? So So young. (laughs) I know because I did body PT with my sister and like I've always just, I've loved sport. But then before the gym, I was always just doing home workouts and just running every day. Like it wasn't very healthy, but yeah, that just sparked my interest. And then training with Izzy when I was 16. So she was my coach that like she inspired me hundred percent. And then I guess throughout my journey now, cause I'm 25 next month, it's really shifted from, yeah, it's just shifted from, you know, just training for punishment to like exercise as medicine. So I guess, yeah. Wait, sorry, what was the question again? I just realized yeah, I right. No, that's, that's right. I was <laughs> like, how did you, yeah, how did you get into this industry in the first place? Because I feel oh, like that's yes. the thing, like for you, it was, you sort of obviously had an interest for it at 15 and then, yeah, you studied with, well, like you trained under Izzy and then we're kind of like, this is what I want to do. Like, were you kind of just, you've always had a passion for like sports or gym or? Yes. Yeah. Just always like exercise is my medicine. So I've always loved it so much. and working and I work with ambitious bodies for four years yeah so for four years so learned a lot there and yeah I just wanted to I guess go down the mindset route and add that to my coaching now so yeah it's been awesome it's just always been something I'm passionate about so what made you want to compete then? Because you obviously went from like, like you said, like punishing your body with exercise, which I can 100% put my hand up and say, been there, done that. I know Shell's nodding her yeah. head. And I feel like that's a really common thing for us females. And then we come across strength training and we're like, holy moly, what have I been doing all my life with this shitty long distance cardio and nothing else? And we're like, sign me up to strength training. But then the next step again is competing because that requires a shit ton of dedication and time. Yeah. So I guess working at the gym I was at, there was a lot of like people were just always training so hard and it's always something when I was younger that I wanted to do in the future. But then funny, I actually just loved my social life, loved partying so much. And I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. But then COVID hit and I was like, okay, I'm actually ready for this. And it was when I just remember walking to the gym. This was before COVID, but I was just so tired, just like next level fatigued. All my strengths were, sorry, all my lifts were plateauing. I just, yeah, something had to change. And I was like, why is my body not changing? And I just became so obsessed with the idea of building muscle, but then I wasn't building muscle. And then I would never let my coach put my cows up because I was so obsessed with being lean because of all these girls on Instagram who are lean all year round, all the time. And then, yeah, she just put my calories up and I was like, oh my God, I feel amazing. I feel strong. My glutes are coming back. 
okay. And then a month later, I was like, yeah, let's just, let's get ready for a comp. And yeah, it was probably one of the best things I've ever done for myself, discipline and actually like that, that fully healed my food fear going in a building phase. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally, uh, yeah, totally appreciate that. I reckon when I started tracking properly, like end of last year and was like, oh, I can actually eat, you know, over 2000 calories and not put on weight and build muscle. It's like, just like this eye opening thing where you're like, is this real? Like, this is insane. This is so fun. 100%. And it's just having that food freedom and feeling strong, having more energy, getting better sleeps. Mm. There's just so many positives to a building phase, but then I just feel like because of Instagram, we're too scared. Well, we were always personally, I was too scared to eat more because I was like, no, 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 I have to be lean. But then you can't shred if you haven't built. So yes. Yeah. And I feel like that is the key to like so much of what you're going to teach these women over the next couple of months. But I feel like that, like that line in itself, because so many women come to me and they're like, and obviously weight loss is not my sole focus. It's all the inflammation, the other stuff around it. But so many do come in on quite restrictive diets that they've been on for a long time. And they're kind of like, I'm not building muscle, but I also, I'm not getting lean either. And they're stuck in like this restrictive no man's land. But like you just said, like you need to be okay with eating more and building before you can strip that back and actually show the muscle you've built I guess oh 100 but even then like when you do build like you feel sexy you get that feminine shape you get juicy glutes you're like damn who is she (laughs) (laughs) enjoy it just embrace it yeah yeah I feel like it is more of a shift now isn't it from being super lean and stick thin like there's this push of like that stronger feminine energy in a sense like it's having glutes or having curves and obviously not like quote unquote being fat or being overweight but that that strength side of things as well think with the double c i always think that (laughs) literally which is yeah amazing what is there downsides to doing like what you've done like the competing and stuff is there downsides around mental health and mindset when you do go so lean and to come out of going being so lean and whether that's something you've struggled with or you see other women in the industry struggle with oh 100 well there's a lot of topics to cover here but firstly so when you start getting leaner it's so glorified and everyone is complimenting you left right and center So then it's like, oh, you know, am I not worthy enough when I'm 10 kilos heavier? And then that will always play on your mind. But then I guess if you do a lot of like deep internal work, self-connection work, when you actually put your worth into yourself and not into others and external validation, that definitely helps. But as well, just, yeah, you really just need to enjoy every single process of your body. But as well afterwards, you know, eating more because you're like, oh my God, if I eat more, am I just going to get fat? Obviously you're not, but then you're on such restrictive low calories. You're doing so much cardio and it's like a big come down after. Like I got post comp blues real bad, but my mental health was really not great back then. You know, juggling uni work and comp prep, I just completely fried my nervous system. So that's another reason why I wanted to get into this deep work last year. But, um, oh, there was another point that I had as well. Oh yes. And reverse dieting, like you have to reverse diet, but then me, me being me going back and forth with my old 15 year old self still 
lingering. I didn't actually want to, I didn't want Izzy to put my calories up straight away. And she was like, what? It, um, yeah. So next time I compete now, I'm going to listen to whatever my coach says, because they obviously know what they're doing, but yes, a lot of girls do end up, I guess, binge eating as well after. So I didn't actually binge eat at all because, oh, like I definitely had a few, I binge drank the night after I got lit, <laughs> literally two cocktails and I was like, woo. But um, yeah, it, it's all about your relationship with food. So I guess, cause I've been taught eating for nourishment. Mm. So I didn't really feel the need to binge. And cause I worked through that part of my life, but if you do have those restrict binge habits still in place, then it can definitely come back after. Yeah, I feel like it's such a complex topic and looking in from the outside, I've never been in that industry because I've had other health issues that have sort of been the foreplay of it. But, uh, you know, watching friends or women go through the restrictive stuff and coming out the other side, my brain always goes, how do they go mental health-wise? Like I struggle just, you know, being whatever size I am sometimes and just daily fluctuations. But I think flip, if I got tiny and then came out of that and just the changes of that in itself would be a lot in your health. So what did you do or how do you feel like you did the work or what things did you implement that have helped you to come to a better grasp of sort of that whole mindset stuff? Well, to be honest, at the time then, I guess it was more so. I just became so obsessed with wanting to build muscle. And I was like, okay, I want big glutes and juicy delts. So that definitely helped me. And being a coach as well, you know, I'm teaching women how to nourish their bodies mm. and to be strong and how to build muscle. So, you know, I'm in that environment. So I guess it's just like practicing what I preach almost. Um, but last last year though, I did, well, I reached out to a self-connection coach, so from within self-connection, and she just helped me have the tools to regulate my nervous system, get out of fight or flight, just set healthy boundaries, like everything you can imagine. And, yeah, I it has helped me just not live a stress fully stress-free life but just manage my stress. So when I go to compete next year, I'm going to be in a way better just mental state and in my flow state so that's awesome you can tell from the way you talk that you're sure of that and that you know that yeah. and you have this aura of confidence and things around you which in itself is not only sexy and attractive but it's uh it a makes you seem older than you are like I forget that you're mid-20s I'm like she's so sure yeah. of herself she's gonna be older like when I was in my mid-20s I was working through a lot of shit still I was not talking <laughs> the way you were talking but I feel like Thank it was yeah, I feel like it reinforces how much this is missed, you know. Like I think of like Shell and myself as, you know, we are a few years older than you, but I feel like it's taken a lot longer to get to that point and to see you doing the work or having done the work now and obviously the work's always in place in a sense, but there must be such a gap in that market, I feel, from sort of like your 18, 19, early 20s where you're really coming into like 
this is my body. These are things like, do I restrict? Do I diet? Do I exercise? How do I treat myself? Do I binge drink? What are my friends doing? To sort of your early 30s where you're like, shit, okay, I've really got to pull myself together and sort stuff out and whatever's going on, like whether it's health-wise, whether it's mental health-wise or whatever it is like this, there's so much work that needs to be done in those 10 years. 100%. Well, even I think that's why because I started so early. So when I was 15, that's when I went through my restrict phase. When I was 16, 17, that was my restrict binge phase. And then 18 was just partying, binging, and then back in my gym girl phase. But the funny thing was I was always compliant with the gym. However, all the health aspect of it was just not there. But, yeah, my 10-year journey, so only now I'm going through, well, working with my hormones and my gut health. And then only last year I did the self-connection work. So I feel like if you just try to do too many things at once, it's so overwhelming and you'll just shut down and be like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. So yeah, there comes a point where you're like, okay, I'm, I've done the external work. Let's get deeper now. So it's when you're ready. If you try to change too many things at once, then you won't actually change each part properly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes complete sense. And the hormone stuff like you touched on is an interesting one because of birth control medications and everything else that's going on we can numb that for so many years as well in a sense like there's so many women who are coming to me in their 30s only just starting to have regular cycles and going oh shit there's something going on here because for the last 10 odd years they've been on merino birth control whatever and haven't realized that something's out of whack and they're not in tune with that side of themselves which is quite scary in a sense as well but then I feel like if you lose your period, like I didn't have mine for seven years and it was such a big thing for me just from being like, cause I was so tiny and so stressed. My body was like, we are not ovulating, but there's that certain flow of feminine energy as well. And I know you're going through your own journey with hormones, but it's, you have that mindset work then you have that hormone work and then you have that gut work. And there's so many facets you need to touch on it. Like you said, it can be a lot. Definitely. It's just by doing it in your own time when you're ready. Because if you, I feel like if you really want to change, you will. If you're forcing yourself to change and it's a chore, then it's just not the same. Yeah. Do you think it's common within the competing industry for women to lose their periods as well, just because of the low body fat, like just around comp time or? Oh, to be honest, it, it really depends. Because if someone is chronically stressed and their nervous system is fried, then your body's not a safe place. Your body's not a safe place to have a period. But if I've seen some incredibly lean girls, and I would be pretty shocked if they still had their period. So that's the thing with competing; it's not healthy, like at all. Mm-hmm. So that's why afterwards you really need to ensure you reverse properly, do the bloods, and yeah. just really make sure your body's in a healthy place again. Yeah, I suppose it's not anything. Like I look at a lot of long distance marathon runners and women who are competing in any of those really like high stress load on your body sort of aspects and there's always that element of amenorrhea or gut issues as well just because um, of what you're eating or not eating or absorption or you know stress I see a lot of SIBO cases from bodybuilding and competing and some of it I don't know what it all comes from whether some of it's just stress but a lot of it also is the artificial sweetness in a lot of pre-workouts and things and feed- you're gonna say that 
Yeah, a lot of bacteria. Um, like Izzy was a classic one for it as well. Like I do see a lot of women who don't realise and they're actually quite healthy, but the artificial sweetener is actually feeding these real toxic bacteria. Yes, it um that definitely makes a lot of sense. But as well, so it depends on the kind of comp prep client because I'm not taking a dig at anyone, but so say if they're on really low cows, but then they're posting their food on their stories and it's just, you know, processed food, f- processed food and like full of seed oils in terms of, you know, protein bars, God knows what else, sugar-free this, sugar-free that. So like personally with my girls that compete, I steer away from that and I just say, you know, if you're on these low cows, every every calorie needs to be full of micronutrients. It has to be a valuable calorie. Like you're owing this to your body because you respect it. Yeah. So that's just my way of thinking about things. Yeah. Which is, like you said, is so different because I do see so many women in the industry posting, you know, like foods that are pre-workout things or whatever that are just crap. And I'm like, what are you? What is why why? Why? Because it becomes it comes a tetris of numbers. Like it comes about just the numbers of adding things up like the protein, carbs, fats, calories, as opposed to, like you said, the actual food that you're actually, you know, nourishing your body with, which at the end of the day is going to lead to a whole heap of health issues. Hundred percent. This is one thing I talk about a lot. And look, a lot of people disagree, but whatever. It's yes, calories are king. However, the quality of nutrients always matters. Mm-hmm. It's for your mood, your digestion, just sleep, everything. It like 90% of serotonin is produced in your gut, right? Mm. So you've got to nourish it. And if it's filled with just processed foods full of seed oils, then like, why would you not just have more whole foods? Well, yeah, and the other thing I'm seeing more and more of now is women coming to me who have done a real restrictive thing and followed their macros and following their macros down to a T. I don't believe they're cheating behind their back, like behind my back or whatever, and they just cannot shift weight. And often it's like a micronutrient deficiency. It's like, well, if you don't have those micronutrients, your thyroid's not going to be happy. Your thyroid controls your metabolism. Your hormones are not going to be happy. Like it's like... There is, there is almost a hierarchy in a sense as well. Like if your body's in a chronically stressed state, then going into a, a cart or removing a lot of these foods is just going to exacerbate things and make them worse, surely. Yes, 100%. Um, all right, so what was the last thing you said? Because something popped up in my mind and I was going to say something. Lack of nutrients exacerbating gut issues, I think. <laughs> I never know what I'm saying. Oh. I had a good point and then I just forgot. No, I'm so that, sorry. no. but I, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's it, there is a small shift in women starting to nourish themselves more. But, like Shell said earlier, it's like, well, she's going, I had to focus on my autoimmune stuff and my inflammation and those kind of things first. And now she's like, cool. I can start to go into a build. I can train more and I, you know, like I can see she's been consistent with the, you know, the training stuff she's doing, but it's, it was a, it was a process thing. And then like in your case, you've kind of now gone as well, like, okay, I need to sort my gut and my hormones out, not at the expense of my training, like not that you have to give that stuff up, but there is always that sort of like push and pull what takes priority and kind of like you've always said to me you're like cool I I might want to compete next year but I also don't want to do it at the expense of my health exactly and that's just 
but you got to have that value for health though. Mm. So yeah, that's what, and people learn that over time. I feel like when you first start your fitness journey, it does become obviously, so say if they, someone wants to lose weight, like mm. that's the main focus. But then when they dive deeper, it definitely becomes more health focused. So yeah. Do you think that everyone should track? So this is. <laughs> well, She's like, how so much time do you have? <laughs> no, um, it, okay, honestly, it totally depends on your goal. I feel like at least just not even if you're training, but just for, just for your health, really, and like that portion control. Because, for example, so say if, so say if someone's having cocoa pots for breakfast and they're like, Courtney, my cravings have been mad at 3 p.m. And then I'll go back through the MyFitnessPal and then I'll be like, okay, why don't we try something that's high fat, high protein? So our brains are 60% fat. So that'll satisfy some cravings and improve your satiety throughout the day. Um, it can be, so if someone's super bloated and getting cramps or whatnot, they can go back through their diary and pinpoint the day and be like, oh, okay, this is probably what flared me up. It's just, it's more health data and you know if you have specific body composition goals then brilliant because if you're in a building phase and you're eating x amount of calories then when you cut we'll know exactly what calories to put you on mm. rather than just guesstimating everything but yeah for me tracking is just an amazing way to learn portion control to make sure you're eating enough because when girls are like yeah I'm eating so much I go through the my fitness pal and they're not even with me back in the day when I was eating, when I was in my vego days, eating super high carbs, really low protein, and it was just full of soy crap. Yeah. So, yeah, when I look back at that, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tracking yeah. saved me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how and why. Hey, Shell, did you want to say something? It's just showing that you've put your hand up, so go for it. If you yeah, have. sorry, I didn't want to interrupt and no. I couldn't remember if you said to put it in the chat. <laughs> But I think it's really interesting hearing kind of your journey because I very much relate maybe like 10 years later though. I wish I had started at 15. That's amazing because I honestly, I feel like this stuff should be in schools. Like I think the education needs to start there. So it's so amazing that you started so early. I'm well, I'm closer to 40 now than I am to 30, but I think I'm in the best shape I've ever been in my life. And that's obviously thanks to Sheridan and the coaches that I've had exposure to so far. Um, interestingly, I wanted to touch on your point where you talked about, you know, people calories are king and how the focus is so much on calories and macros. I remember um, one of my first coaches, I was struggling with hitting my carb goal at the end of the day. And he was just like, oh, just have a bowl of Cocoa Pops at night before bed. <laughs> and then no yep. wonder I was so fatigued and couldn't, you know, sleep. And I know that there, there's a lot of information out there, especially on social media. Like I've stopped following so many coaches that sell themselves as nutritionists as well, which I think like ethically I, I just really bothers me. Because then when you go and look at them, they're not actually ever talking about micronutrients. Like I didn't even start focusing on micronutrients until I got to Sheridan and started really learning about what that meant. Like my focus was always on calories and macros. So I think what would be the advice that you would give to women now who come through that journey? Because I think the journey seems to be very similar for a lot of people that you start off with calories 
you know, yeah. really, being really focused on calories and then you learn about macros. It's like that hierarchy that you work to. So I think what would you be, be your advice for women that are still early on in that journey to get to the to the important stuff, the micronutrients quicker and not so much focusing on, oh, my carbs are too high and doing all that cardio, but being more focused on healthy tracking rather than tracking and eating crap foods just to hit your targets? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, on my fitness pal, when you actually click on, so when you click on the calories, you can see, you can see the micronutrients. So you can see your iron fiber and actually scroll down. So even just being more, well, yeah, I guess just paying attention to those ones and not just focusing on the three macros, but as well, reaching out to a health coach. Cause that's how I learned everything. I know I didn't just Google random stuff. This is all stuff that I've learned from. Yeah. So learn from Izzy and. Oh, sorry. What's I going to say something else about. Yes. And also it's really good to just be as in tune with, sorry, be as in tune with your body as you can. So for example, after your food, how are you digesting your food? How do you feel? How's your mood? How's your energy? So if all these things are off and you feel low, then that's when you know, okay, I need to change something. And yeah, this biggest, biggest piece of advice is to reach out to a coach for sure. I think, yeah, I think that's so true. And also I'm exactly the same as you, like all the stuff I've learned about macros and micronutrients have been from like Libby or Kitty or other people I've worked with because A, my sports science degree taught me shithole about that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Don't use any That's why I dropped out, girl. (laughs) Do not use that. But it did leapfrog me into Masters of Nutrition, which I also don't use, just FYI, everybody. Got a whole degree sitting there. No, but what it does do is it ticks the boxes, right? Like I wouldn't be able to prescribe in the way that I can and do the things that I can without those degrees behind me. But there seems to be a mismatch between like I used to lecture Cert 3 and 4 in fitness and Cert 4 in nutrition and there's so much stuff that I think this could get added. Like if we're raising, quote, unquote, the next generation of PTs and they learned about the basics of exercise programming and blah, 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 blah. But how cool would it be if there was more information about tracking for health and, mm-hmm. you know, importance of vitamins and all those kinds of things so that, A, not only all the women going through doing PTs, which, by the way, the pass rate is so low in the sense that no one, a lot of people do not actually finish their Cert 3 and 4 in fitness. It's just a bad thing that people like doing but I've worked for a couple RTOs training organizations and the actual completion rate is low and then out of the completion rate those that actually use it in business even though it feels like a really saturated industry the amount of people signing up it's just a money-making scheme but anyway yeah it's it's actually (laughs) insane um but I feel like if there was more information taught in that or like Shell said like in high school if women like women are going to track and think about calories generally like gen there's going to be a general consensus as you come into your body body image comes a thing and then there might be restrictive without knowing about macros or there's the 1200 rule you know the golden number that's our weight loss one like if there was yeah more information and education awareness or people like you or like me being pulled into schools and just teaching 
educating, empowering. Like think of all the stuff you know and you've learned in the last couple of years if you could teach that to, you know, yourself at 17, 18, it doesn't mean she's not going to go out on weekends and binge drink and whatnot. Like, sure, you still might do those things, but there's also a layer of awareness then and just mm-hmm. important starts so much earlier, I think. 100%. And I always, I always think about this, actually. If we were taught, you know, even in schools, just to track one day, just to see how much nutrients and, like, nutrients we're getting in our body, Will people have the gut issues they have now? Because I find a lot of people have gut issues and a lot of people are so fatigued, but we're not taught, we're not taught how to eat properly. Yeah. Yes, the food pyramid and whatnot, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> nah. And then you, government. Yeah, yeah. You flip that and you think about the women say inside the root cause program, a majority of them are mid to late twenties, early thirties. And then there's few sort of more in their forties, fifties, some in their sixties, but how many of them who may have kids already and are now going through their own health journey, working stuff out, but may already have daughters or, you know, Mm. may have that sense. Like my mum, I love her to death and sure she's healthy, but she didn't teach me anything about body image or empowerment or anything like that. And I mean, that's not her fault, but I had an eating disorder for years and she never identified or saw that. Like I was tiny and I didn't have my period and all this stuff and it's like definitely not her fault at all but I also think we're raising the next generation who are raising the next generation who are doing the next generation and when can we implement this stuff earlier so that like you said the gut issues and especially with the quality of our food getting more and more shit that it's like well we need to start being more conscious sooner 100% I just always think it's such well, it's funny because my mom thinks I'm crazy for <laughs> like, I have scales everywhere. <laughs> I've got my scales at a house, but just when I'm weighing things and just the way I eat, she'll always make her comments, but then, you know, she's not very healthy. So it's just, I guess it's that conservative thinking that, you know, tracking is obsessive, tracking is this, but it is such an amazing tool for education because it's how I learned and how I continue to teach women. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's, it's- it's education. Definitely. And it's, it's, it's all about how you look at it. So obviously if you do start to become really obsessive with it, then that's when obviously go towards intuitive eating, but yeah, overall like education is key. Mm. The thing, the interesting thing is the tools. Like, and I, because obviously my niche is not like yours in a sense where I'm telling, you know, women or reverse dieting or getting them cotton prepping. So for me, it's a real, like, don't push it but I'm like if you can do it it gives us data and that's the thing it's the same as tracking your period it's the same as you know tracking your cycle and your cervical fluid or whatever it is or your mood shifts and changes it's like that's data like that's telling me that's telling you what's going on and just gives you that like you said it could be linked to your IBS or your bloating or other stuff that's going on but also low iron what okay are you actually eating enough iron or low zinc are you even eating enough zinc like how about we check first and see how much you're eating before we go supplement with some of this stuff 100 percent. and even that just when it comes to like the biggest thing i find is when people are really stressed and then but looking at their food and you know they're hardly eating throughout the day having a coffee for breakfast nothing throughout the day and then eating at night, like, yeah, this is why you're 
really stressed and why you want to binge eat, like just look at your food diary. So it's just, it puts things into perspective for sure, but we can never, ever shame ourselves into change. It's just about that awareness and being conscious of your habits. Mm. What do you reckon are some of the biggest mistakes you see around tracking life for people who aren't educated or haven't worked with someone who's given them a general idea? Do you think it's just the focus on the overall calories rather than the the macros or what do you think some of those big you know mistakes are? 100% calories yeah. because you could eat, you know, you could eat a whole day full of processed food, but cool, I'm under my calories. But that doesn't mean anything. Um, but yeah, with calories in general, I don't care how perfect it is. It's just about consistency. Mm. So if you're consistent, that's amazing. And if you're weighing your food, awesome. But yeah, it does not have to be perfect. Because for example, if you type in um, strawberries, there'll probably be like 20 different variations. Because that's the thing. Anyone can upload something onto my fitness pal. So if you just select, yeah. So if you just select one, and then just keep that consistent, then that's fine. Um, but yes, there's too much of a focus of, once again, calories are king, but then you actually look and they haven't had a vegetable all day. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. That used to be me. <laughs> Not anymore, though. Girl. <laughs> Honestly. I- yeah, yeah, it's everywhere, isn't it? Like it's mm-hmm. it's a real common thing. But even stuff like fiber as well. Like how many women I chat to, like in my DMs daily, eight, nine, ten DMs about constipation, right? So, you know, and my first thing is do check your fiber because people think that they're eating enough food. They like sometimes they do because their hunger cues are just shit because they've been nuding it with coffee and all that other stuff and like it sounds like so dumb sometimes I'm like are you eating enough food because these women can be tiny and there's so many within the competing industry who I chat to on a daily basis who are like I've got gut issues and I've got this and I've got that and I'm like you might just need to eat a little bit more food like your digestive tract literally needs energy to move your food through it like it does it does need that and tracking will give you so much fiber data as well Oh, 100%. Well, that's the first question I always ask. Like, do you poo? If so, how many times a day? How many times a week? And then, yeah, it's really like that's an interesting one because I'll go back through their diary and be like, girl, there's not enough fiber there. So, yeah, once again, amazing tool. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like these, the more we talk about using them as a tool rather than, like you said, you're some obsessive compulsive person who has to track because you're a weirdo or you know what I mean like people like how can you do that that's so annoying that takes up so much time and energy and that's the biggest resistance I get to tracking and I get it when you're in a chronic gut state like I never push it then because I'm like the thought of eating a large amount of food with chronic stomach pain or diarrhea or constipation like we got so many other things to focus on but as you shift out of that and you start to be able to eat more food and kind of move into that phase two SIBO or low FODMAP and we start to understand what's sort of fermenting and what's not then I'm like yeah like you said like even if someone's loosely tracking at the start and then decide they want to work with a health coach and actually get more sort of data or start to play with their body composition more as well yeah definitely um, I think um sorry I was just going to add to that with, with the whole tracking thing right because I went I went on that journey myself obviously um and I had my initial obsessive period got very lean 
and then learned about being thick with a double C and now I'm just obsessed. <laughs> like that definitely changed my mindset and kind of my relationship with my body image and a lot of other things as well where now like I just don't care what other people think. I'm not doing it for anybody else. Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? I've lost my train of thought. No, it's back. So um, money, right? So everybody tracks money. Everybody cares about tracking their money. You care about, you know, checking your pay slip, seeing it's going into your account, you're getting your money in your account and then where that money is going. So that's a priority. So why would you not care about the bank that is your body and the currency that's going in and out, which is your nutrition and your food, right? So I love that. I don't know. I don't know where I read this, but it's, I can't claim claim the fame for it. But <laughs> I read it somewhere, and that really, really stuck to me because I, I'm quite a type, and I, I I love tracking stuff, especially finances. So I was like, yeah, you know, if I care about tracking my money, like the bank of my body is way more important than my cash bank. So why would I not treat it with that same respect? And that just flipped my whole kind of mindset around tracking and it and stopped it from becoming a bit of a chore. So yeah, just wanted to share that. I love that. And it's so true. Mm. So, so true. But as well, I feel like when, so when people do stop tracking, for example, if it's some of my girls, it's always going to be like stress related because obviously when your nervous system is in that fight or flight state, you have capacity for limited things. You know, even mm. going to work could be the biggest chore. And yeah literally waking up, having a shower could be like, oh, so getting someone to track their food, that's probably the last thing on their mind. So that's when as well, you need to actually get the body in a flow state. And then once you're ready to, and you're like, hey, I'm actually really ready to knuckle down and feel my best. And like you said, give the body my, sorry, give my body the respect it deserves. And yeah, then you're ready. It's definitely, it's all about your intention. If you want to do something, and you want to change, then you will. So would you say like priorities, right? So totally when you when you're not in that flow state and you've got so many things that it's overwhelming, you have yeah. to really be able to sit back and prioritize and go, right, right now my focus is not tracking, but I need to improve my sleep. I need to understand what's driving that. So like prioritizing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because if you're, you know, so say you're training X amount of days a week. You just, you feel tired. You feel like shit. Life is like a, oh, then you'll like, hopefully the next step is, okay, let's see what I'm eating. Let's see what my gut health feels like this. And then, yeah, it's just that intention of wanting to change. But I think that's what makes you as a trainer and as a coach unique and special because you have that shifting, you have that focus and you understand that connection and you also grasp that idea that, yes, gut and hormones come into it, but the mindset is such a strong play. And like you said, like if someone's got a real obsessive, restrictive mindset, then tracking, you know, might not be the right thing for them at that particular time. Or if they're super overwhelmed with kids and finances and work, and then, you know, you've started a new training program, maybe, and they're trying to wrap their head around that. And like, you know, the, that whole uh, concept of being able to take on so many new things at once. And it's like, okay, let's not add that in. But your your ability to perceive that in somebody makes you a special and a great coach. And I think that's really, yeah, important for women to 
work with someone who taps on multiple aspects, you know, because like you said, like if you just work with someone who's just about calories and macros and don't care about all the other stuff, the gut, the hormones, which I see commonly, and they're just like, you know, that's secondary to this aesthetic goal, there's always going to be shit and there's always going to be issues going on. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think because like even, for example, so this popped in my head as well. So when I went to Europe, everyone was like, why do you eat like that? Why are you still training? And for me, I'm like, this is my life. Like these are my daily habits and I value this so much. So, you know, if you get, if you get a new client and they, they're not tracking and they're not doing the things you want them to do, find out about what's going on with the nervous system first. Cause if you don't have the capacity for something, then tracking is going to be like, well, that's going to be so overwhelming. And even the gym is going to be overwhelming. So yeah, I guess understanding my behaviors and, you know, why I self-sabotage, why I disassociate, it's really helped me connect deeper with my clients and understand what's actually going on before just saying, oh, why haven't you tracked? Why haven't you hit your calories, et cetera? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's a, it is a way of life and I can see Shell nodding her head because it's the same thing. We go on holidays and you go away and you take your supplements and you still yeah. try and get movement in and like, yeah, you look like a druggie with a million things. <laughs> but- I literally got, I got stopped on the way back in because a quarter of my luggage was literally supplements just recently <laughs> to Bali. And I was like, I'm leaving them all in the original bottles because you just never know, right? Going over there. And oh my God, I was like, they're just supplements. I promise I'm not bringing drugs in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like commitment, you know what I mean? Um, you got to be committed. And and I think on that self-sabotage thing, I'm reading a, a book at the moment um, called The Mountain Is You. Have you read that? No, I haven't. I'm reading. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. What's it called? The Mountain Is You by Brianna Weiss. Like, I have never, ever had anybody put self-sabotage in that way. It has completely, like, it's changing my life. Like, it's really, really good. Um, where was I going with that? But I think just on the whole, like, when you, especially when you're coming in new to training, like, if I think back to my first year, I was terrified. Like, the anxiety was through the roof. I would even be so anxious to speak to my coach in my check-ins look, he probably has taught me a lot of lessons, but probably not a coach that I would ever recommend to anyone just because he was very direct and understandably worked with a lot of like um, clients that go on stage and I was more of a lifestyle client. So I think maybe this question is more about like how to pick the right coach for you. And I think you you seem like obviously you've been backed by shares as well and I follow you. So I think you're you're a great coach, but how can somebody know well, who's the right the right coach for you? So how can you test that this person isn't gonna make you feel anxious and like make you feel like you're failing? Because for me, I struggled with that and I stuck with him for a year because I'm just not a quitter. But it, it was a really big struggle and I struggled with body image. I struggled with anxiety going to the gym, not feeling comfortable. Even though I had a gym there, I ended up paying for another gym because I just felt so embarrassed going to this gym. I don't know why, um, yeah. but I just didn't feel safe, right? So yeah. how can you, how do you know that you're going to hook up with a coach that feels safe and also, how do you get the guts to say no and leave? Because it took me a year before I could. So those questions, yeah. Well, for me personally, it's 
it's so dependent on your goal. So for example, like for me, I'm with my coach currently because I want to compete again. However, if you're someone anxious and, you know, the gym is such a scary place and it's hard with Instagram because I feel like there are so many coaches out there, but you can always tell, oh my God, sorry, my roommate is blasting drum and bass. Um, anyways, I can't hear it. But... <laughs> Time and place. Um, oh my God. But just you'll know someone's values by their posts and how they speak. So mm-hmm. I feel like on Instagram, it's very easy to distinguish authenticity. So if you're just like for me personally, transformations play a huge part as well. So when you look at a coach and what the transformations mean, if it's like six weeks, this person achieved this, like for my testimonials, it's about their lifestyle transformation. So the girls will talk about many aspects of their health that have changed. So I, I hope when people see that, they can see that I'm coming from an authentic place and I'm not just getting people in to lose weight and post them on my Instagram. This is like, it's a lot deeper. And yeah, I guess really just going through their posts and seeing what they actually value. That is when you know you'll connect with someone or even just asking, hey, can we have a phone call? From that first phone call, you can really see what the coach's values are and even in their services, what they provide. Um, and what was the other question? Sorry. I, I, I think you've answered I think you've answered. Oh, cool. okay. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Sorry. I just realized how much I ramble sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same. I'm the same. It's okay. Welcome to the podcast. This is yeah. <laughs> but you know, on that though, like on finding a good coach, leaving a good coach that goes across the board for macros, strength training, PTs, nutritionists, like mindset, you know, even business coaching. Like I've worked with some doozies of business coaches and I've worked with some really good ones and finding the right person is really hard. And I've like, the one thing I've learned now, and I don't know how this always works in other industries, but asking people who work with that person, because following their Instagram, sometimes that's really good, like all those kinds of things. But then once you're locked in, you kind of locked in. And now like these days are trying to find people who are working with that person and get their feedback. And obviously no one's perfect at all. Like I've had ups and downs with every coaches in every program. And I totally, you know, expect that from people as well. But it's also like you said, like understanding how someone operates. And then like you said, if you're not happy with them or you don't feel safe with them, how can I leave or how can I walk away or where do I sort of go from there? Because that's the worst place to be stuck in, especially when it's around body image and self-confidence and how you feel as well. And if you're yeah stuck with someone that you're not happy about, but you don't have the confidence to walk away, that's a really shitty spot to be caught up in as well. Yeah, that definitely is. I've actually had, well, girls tell me just in the past, like they felt a certain way with a coach and to be honest, just honesty is the best policy. Cause if you reach, if you reach out to a coach and you just say, Hey, um, well, obviously don't say like, Oh, I don't feel comfortable with you. But all you have to say is, <laughs> Hey, um, I'm actually either, you know, not ready. I'm not ready for this yet. Or you can just say, I'm actually ready to learn from someone else. And I want to go with another female coach who focuses on just for example, uh, you know, women's health hormones. And I just connect with her better. If someone, if, if a client ever came to me and said, Hey, um, I found another coach and I just feel a lot safer around them and we just have a better connection. I hope this is okay. I really want to learn from them, learn from them. Like it's not about me losing the client. It's whatever will help them move and 
eat better and it's their health. It's all about the client. It's not about me. So, you know, if they want to start doing, for example, calisthenics because they don't like the gym, I'll be like, oh, my God, you go, girl. You found your passion. Do it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's, I think, oh, sorry, carry on. And, oh, no, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's all about what gets you up in the morning, what you're passionate about. I bloody love weight training. Some people hate it. So if they're going to do dancing or whatever and they want to do that, I always just say go for it. And then their reply is always like, oh, my God, thank you so much for understanding. Of course. Like mm-hmm. I found my passion. I want other people to find theirs. I think that's really interesting because the first coach I um, finally got, I shouldn't say got the balls, but anyway, um, yeah. to, to approach it and, and sent them a message saying, you know, look, the way that we've been interacting, it's really affecting my anxiety. Can we try to do better? And I got acknowledgement of that. And I think it was okay for like a couple of weeks. And then it just reverted back to how it was. I finally, you know, got the guts up to be like, I'm going to go and <laughs> pretty much wrote a novel to like, be like, thank you for everything that you've done, Rara, like softening the blow and literally got a one line. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, yep, see ya basically. And then just cut me off from everything. And I'm just comparing that, um, kind of experience which I've never actually thought about um to you know when I decided to I wasn't even one-on-one coaching with like Izzy's program I was just on the app and when I left you know the email that I got afterwards saying hey we're really sorry to see you go but we wish you well and then I think I got another email checking in a couple weeks later to see whether I was still focusing on training but not trying to sell me or get me back and I was like such different experiences from coaches do you know what I mean and I think it's sometimes really hard because I didn't really get a choice for that first coach because I just reached out to the organization and I got assigned a coach I didn't get a choice as to who to work with but I was assured that that coach was going to be really good and yeah look I still learn right because I believe there's always a silver lining with every experience so I just think sometimes it can come down to the trial and error, which is why that question around being able to leave, like to have that confidence in yourself, to be able to say, hey, no, this isn't right for me. It's not putting me in a safe place. It's not helping me grow. Um, I need to cut it. And and just being like not offended, <laughs> even by the short responses sometimes. I promise to be nice to you if you ever need me. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes as well this is recorded (laughs) sometimes it can be a reflection of the coach so if the coach doesn't actually feel worthy within themselves they could be really hurt about it so yeah definitely comes down to the person yeah no I'm standing your ground a year later but I got there (laughs) time it'll take time um all right I'm gonna wrap it up for today but that was amazing I'm going to I've written some notes so I'm going to pop those um up as well and I'll pop this recording up and obviously for those listening to the recording um Courtney is in the recourse program group so you can find her and but I'll link and I've linked her Instagram in anyway so you can go stalk her over there all her links are in there hassle her on Instagram yeah. 
Ask me questions. Yeah. I'm a voice demo gal. So yeah. <laughs> we yeah. send voice notes to each other. <laughs> well, thanks so much for jumping on court. I really appreciate it. Your yeah, your knowledge, your mindset, your goals, your experience, everything. I just think you're going to bring so much worth to these girls. And, you know, we just appreciate who you really are as a person. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. That was so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking. Mm